Well, hello. Welcome to Pastors on Pop. Today we're talking Lightyear, the new Pixar movie that came out a couple of weeks ago, and all the talk around it. We're glad that you're here today, and we're getting started. Well, James, it's good to see you today. And uh, it's been a while since you and I have seen each other. I've been on vacation for the last couple of weeks, enjoying summer and sun and and all of that. So yeah, so it's good to be here. Good, good, uh, good, good for me too, man. Yeah. Have you uh, have you done any vacations this year yet? Yeah. So we I went to Jackson Hole, Wyoming for, uh, for is that a vacation, Wyoming? Um, Jackson Hole is. It is pretty cool. If you're, you're right. a billionaire. If you're, <laughs> that's right. But it, it was still it was still good for us commoners. Yes, but did you go with your just your wife, or did you take the whole family? What 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 led to Jackson's Hole? So it uh, led to uh, one of one of one of our son's baseball tournaments. So he he uh, played there, which for the last decade with a kid in competitive athletics, uh, it's kind of like the best place he goes is where our vacation is. <laughs> so he goes to college next year to, to, to play ball there. So I'm excited to actually like pick a vacation destination. Yes, yes. You'll be traveling to Manhattan, Kansas. And <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> all those great places. Yeah, we uh, we just got back from a, a pretty whirlwind vacation, but part of it was spent time in the Bahamas, you know, summer sun, blue waters. Couples for, retreat. Couples retreat. That's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. Yeah, and uh, it was a lot of fun there. We were celebrating our 20th anniversary, but it wasn't actually our 20th anniversary um yeah we're doing um i'm going i'm on the brad plan the pastor brad plan which you know about nobody else actually knows but brad actually has two anniversaries for some reason nobody understands why yeah. like he got married and then they had like a ring ceremony like later on like 10 12 15 years later and so he also counts that as an anniversary so he has two anniversaries, which I think he celebrates each of those twice. <laughs> so every time Brad leaves, he's on an anniversary trip, and uh, so that's that's kind of the way. My wife and I, we were very we were married in November. Yeah. Um, but you know, over Thanksgiving weekend, but that's a hard time for pastors to get away. Oh like, yeah. You know, Thanksgiving to Christmas is kind of like Super Bowl season, <laughs> and so hard to get away from that. So we just decided we'd do a, a summer trip to the Bahamas, and it was fantastic. Nice. Yeah, it was it was really cool. I mean, if you like beaches and reading books and sitting you know in warm weather fantastic that's that's the place slowing down yeah, kind of was. kind of resetting your rhythm it was and so yeah. I, I came back today ready to run and ready to go <laughs> so i'm glad that we're doing this so today we wanted to talk a little bit about lightyear yeah uh, the pixar movie that came out i think three weeks ago now yeah. as we're uh as we're doing this and uh came out with a lot of a fanfare which we'll we'll talk about in a bit but in seeing the movie um, I thought it was kind of like an odd premise for a movie. It was kind of like this, um, this like buzz inserts into the multiverse. It's kind of the way that yeah. my mind wrapped, which I hate multiverses. Yeah. Like as soon as Marvel went my multiverse, I was like, for real? Like this is just, <laughs> this is storytelling cheating, right? Um, and that, and the further that it's gone, the worse it's gotten for me in Marvel. And I'm, anyway, I don't have to go down the road. <laughs> Anyways, I feel like that's what Buzz is. Like I'm watching a movie about a movie about a movie that I've seen and loved in Toy Story. Yeah. And it's like trying yeah. to to put the concept together um, was a little difficult in my in my brain in that. Now, you've seen the Toy Story movies. Yeah. And did you like did you like the four Toy Story movies that oh, came yeah. out? Oh yeah. Yeah. And did you ever want like the backstory of Buzz? 
No, I mean, Matt, Matt, yeah, <laughs> that right? That wasn't something right. that was missing in yeah. your life. He he came from a box like like a lot of our toys, which which was enough backstory as you needed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, to make a backstory, a fictional backstory, or a fictional history <laughs> of a toy that we only care about being a toy is, is a weird premise for me. So, anyways, um, <laughs> despite my thoughts about it, it has. Uh, huge critical acclaim behind it. Um, the word of mouth on the cinema scores is actually really, really good, and yet it's not making any money. Yeah. And so, well, relatively speaking, right? <laughs> we live in a world where a hundred million dollar movie isn't isn't succeeding. Failure is a failure, yeah. And really, like the big news um, when it came to Lightyear uh, had less to do with like you know, trying to wrap your head around the story and everything to do with this being the first animated film that featured a same-sex kiss by one of the characters. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it came out with a lot of huge... Um, uh, well, there was a lot, just a big story around that. If, if you don't know the story, it went a little bit like this, that the initial kiss was actually, like, cut out of the movie completely. And then when, when Florida went through the whole don't say gay bill, yeah. uh, Pixar employees actually sent a letter to Disney saying, hey, you need to put this back in, particularly since this movie was releasing in June. And so Disney submitted to that request. They included the same, same sex kiss back into the movie. And then came all of the roar from you know, parent groups, um, largely conservative parent groups. And I think you and I, we sat down over a month ago and was like, I think this is a bad idea. Yeah, totally. Um, and maybe from like your perspective as a parent yeah. and thinking of like someone when you had, when Wilson was four or five years old, loves Buzz and Woody and yeah. the Toy Story. Like, would this have been something that you would have taken him to see? Like, like how would you have processed that as a parent? No, because, because, uh, for for me, like the 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 a purpose of movies are for entertainment. Yeah, and and it's a joyful thing, not not uh, not to necessarily explain an aspect of the world that my kid isn't capable of really comprehending, and that I have to unpack. I yes. mean, I mean, like to to pay the money to to now have something that I have to explain that that goes beyond just. Um, just an enjoyable afternoon with your kid. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, I was talking to our brand new pastoral resident, John. Yeah. And uh, he does have a little one at home. And he's like, yeah, the last thing that I really want to do is come home and explain something to my kid. Totally. <laughs> about what they just saw yeah. on a movie that they're not actually able to comprehend yet. And uh, and so there's all this going around. And I kind of wonder if it's because like Pixar movies have, um, they kind of straddle this line between a uh, fun kid movie and uh, adult drama. Yeah. You know, and one of the things that Pixar has done a really good job of is having a movie that kids are entertained by, but also speaks to the adults that are sitting in the audience. And that's, and that's me exactly. I mean, I'm, I'm a, a huge old Disney fan. Yeah. Um, but, but like, like a two, a two of my favorite modern uh, Disney movies are up. Mm -hmm. which was super dark yeah i mean his wife dies and the, and there's all and my wife can't get through the first two minutes oh without crying gosh. we've seen that movie a hundred times and, and yet every my two kids minutes, yeah. love it mm -hmm. and it's just like and and or inside out that it's like a therapy session right <laughs> but it's but it's done in such a way that that you you can actually have a healthy conversation about sadness or about anger and kind of like hey uh, who do you identify with yep. in a playful way uh -huh. that helps your kid kind of cultivate language so they 
they've done it well in the past of of helping parents have the right conversations with their kids. Yeah. But but with with a light year, it it felt like an agenda mm-hmm. to force you to have to have a conversation. And the thing is, like, if I if I get to buy the ticket, I get to choose. Yeah. And a lot of people, I think, it just shows like. I'm going to choose to not have this conversation at this stage of my kid's life. Absolutely. I think that when you talk about agenda, that came out so clearly in Chris Evans' comment. And, yeah. and that was another one of the big controversies that I don't know needed to be, but uh, Tim Allen uh, was no longer the voice of Buzz Lightyear because he's the voice of the toy buzz, not the real buzz, which is also oh, animated. Okay. Right. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So Chris Evans, AKA Captain America voiced buzz. And here's what he said. He says, it's great that it's back in the film talking about the same sex kiss. He said, I think it's a shame that it's such a story. It should be more normalized, but I'm glad that we're making those steps. Like just his, his words and his language was like, this was an intentional agenda push forward using a kid's, a kid's movie. Now, you know, I have no problem with Disney doing it. Like, it's their company. They can run it the way that they want to. And, um, you know, they're not dumb when it comes to making movies and making money yeah. uh, in that. And so they can um, take the risks and afford to push the agendas that they want to push forward. It's it's their movie. But I think the bigger question is, is for us as Christians, yeah. right, is how do we think about this? Because it's becoming uh, a bigger story uh, in our culture, right? Like, culture's moving in this direction. And... Um, and when it comes to the LGBTQ community, um, that there is an outsized voice right now. And what does equity look like? What does yeah. equality look like? And I think that there's a conversation that needs to be had of, of how do we deal with this as Christians? Because I don't know that we've done a good job. No, absolutely. Yeah. So I think that when it comes to uh, this discussion, largely in the church world, it's framed by really two predominant sides, um, side A and side B. Uh, side A is the group of Christianity that reads the Bible, they do good exegesis. Um, they read the Bible, and their conclusion that they come to is that at the end of the day, that they can't actually see where homosexuality is prohibited in the scriptures. Mm-hmm. And that when it comes to uh, the LGBT community, that love you know, rules all things, and that when we, uh, that who are we to say who one should love or not love? And so, uh, according to them, that when it comes to homosexuality, the way that Scripture describes it, uh, that it is not inconsistent with the biblical uh, Scriptures. Side B, on the other hand, does their exegesis, good exegesis, walks through all the same passages and concludes that um, in the Old Testament and in the New, that homosexuality is prohibited, it's actually seen as a sin, and therefore that this type of lifestyle, this lifestyle, um, is not consistent with biblical living, with the biblical scriptures. Now, um, just so that everybody knows, at Crossroads Church, where we're pastors at, we are a side B church. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where we land theologically. Um, we've done a lot of study on this. I've actually preached on this yeah. uh, on this topic uh, in this. And yet, as I say that, I think that side B, um, even in their good biblical study and landing where they have, us included, um, that we haven't done a very good job of articulating our thoughts. Yeah. Um, you know, from cultural standpoint, and I'll let you kind of speak to this, that I think that many in the LGBTQ community have experienced deep hurt because of the church. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a pastor, it really breaks my heart that, that that's happening. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, and I think part of the disconnect is that, is that 
a lot of the conversations that the churches have, it begins with the act. And instead of beginning with the nature and the heart of, of um, human, human, humankind, right? Because because yeah. a lot of the like in uh, Seattle, I, our a church church was in this performing arts center, and and I I I had access to to the the tech crew and stuff. So I I met all these artists that came in yeah. from all kinds of different cultures and lifestyles, and it was interesting because every time they introduced me like to Elia Lovett, I I met him. Okay, and. I want you know and Lyle love it like the guy who married Julia Roberts right? for like for like a week yes yeah. it was everybody <laughs> went. hey my name is Matt Manning and I am the senior pastor here at Crossroads Church and hopefully you are loving what you're listening to today if you are we would love for you to go ahead and subscribe to the podcast you can leave us a comment we read all of them and if you like it we'd love for you to share this with a friend every week we get together as a church to celebrate what God is doing and you can join us every Sunday at 8 30 10 and 11 30 online or in house. Let's get back to the podcast. Everybody went, "What? Yeah, are you sure?" <laughs> but like, but like, the, they would introduce me as a pastor, and then say, "Oh, but he's not one of those kind of pastors." And it was and <laughs> meaning it was, meaning meaning that like uh, for me, it's like I I culturally just accept people where they are, yeah, like at face value, and and in that it builds equity for, for uh, from the beginning. So. I'm not going to look at your clothes or 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 judge you, but then in in practically every conversation, if I drill down a little deeper, I can lay down like like a spiritual foundation of I just believe that all people are broken. Yeah, that 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 I'm broken and you're broken and we're broken differently. Yeah, and we're broken based on our our upbringing factors internally, but. But we we reflect that differently, and I reflect it my way, and you reflect it your way, and there's actually common ground to yes. where your brokenness isn't isn't creepy or weird, be, it's just different than mine. Yeah. But we're actually human beings on the same plane. So just drilling down a little lower, yeah, to to that gives us common ground that we can we can agree or maybe disagree on that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, you know, even taking a step further back of, um, you know, as image bearers, yeah. it's such a huge concept that we find in Genesis chapter one that we are, that we are made, we are created in the image of God. Yeah. And all of that, all that that entails in us and who we're created to be and that that's, that image bearing is in you, it's in me, it's in every single person that we bump shoulders with, that every single one of us, uh, regardless of how we look or act or the way that we identify or, or what we claim our gender to be, that at the end of the day, um, every single one of us is made in the image of, of God. And like you said, that all of us are broken. And there have been points in my life where I've like come to uh, think and have real compassion and empathy um, to know that the brokenness that I have, while I have a lot of brokenness and, you know, um, heterosexual sin. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> has really been uh, the driver of so much of man's ills yeah. in this world. Um, but that I don't have to deal with um, a brokenness at the level of my identity. Yeah. You know, and uh, and just the the realization of that um, on it, and I think that oftentimes believers, particularly side B believers, have not taken those two steps back to go. We start with image bearing. Yeah, we start with every single one of us are sinful, right? And and therefore, you know, have created or have committed treason. Yeah, 
before the God of the universe. Yeah. Like that's where we all start. Yeah. You know, and to say that your sin is somehow yeah. more than my sin is just yeah. it's ludicrous to me. And so I think that really that's like set up because that thinking that for whatever reason that sin's worse than my sin has really set up like two extremes in the church world. One of the extremes is, um, and I think it's where the majority of the Christians find themselves in, particularly as we engulf ourselves in this Christian world, is that we become like cultural warriors against the LGBTQ community, and all they feel from us is hatred and rejection. Yeah. And we gladly just throw the gasoline on the fire. Yeah, exa- exactly. <laughs> you know? Exactly. And in the, in the war, in the culture war. And then you have Christians on the other side who go, well, I don't think that's maybe the value that we hold to as believers. Like, yeah. like if we really do look at some of the words that that Jesus spoke, right? Like, first commandment, love the Lord your God, right? And second is just like that, love your neighbor. Yeah. And it's like, so if, if I'm really driven from a question of what does love require of me, then I don't know throwing gasoline on this fuel, on <laughs> this fire as fuel is, is the right. And so the other extreme then is to go, well, I just, I just didn't be fully accepting yeah. of this individual. And um, so I guess my question for you is, um, you know, as you've looked out at those two extremes, like how have you tried to navigate kind of the messy middle? Yeah, I mean, I think... I think getting uh, getting to know individuals and not movements is yeah. is really key because because mm-hmm. in my experience like uh, people who are really militant uh, against a certain cause yeah. typically don't actually know anybody who identifies or is a part of that camp because yeah. because people personalize it and people people make it tangible and real. I mean, I'm I'm uh, watching uh, Yellow Yellowstone right now, yes. which is. <laughs> As I don't. I, I don't know if that's an endorsement or not. But like Beth is a horrible person. But she but, is awful, man. But watching it and you you once you get to know her and you understand what happened to her in her past. Yeah. Like you understand her broken. And I'm actually empathetic mm-hmm. toward this person. I mean, she scared me. It was yeah. like I'd be afraid to have a Beth <laughs> in my life. But 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 empathy. But all of us want to rip. Oh yeah, totally, <laughs> totally right. <laughs> yeah, but 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 a building a relationship with a real person allows you to empathize, to understand where they got where they are, to understand wounds that they've experienced, and and even because uh, some of it's exterior wounds. Yeah, and the, the church has done a lot of bad stuff, clearly. Yes. But some of it is a firewall that gets built just to protect yourself from the possibility of a wound. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and I think like as a pastor and, and as a Christian, I like that's uh, that's uh, that's been part, a part of part of how I've tried to live my life is like I don't want to build the firewall like it. It's a place of pride when when non-Christians introduce me as he's a pastor. Oh, he's not one of those. Yeah, because I'm I'm actually a safe person. I'm a sh- and, and, and in some of those relationships, I was actually a pastor to the the pastor less. Mm. Does it make sense? Yeah, because because I was able to break that wall down and then you can actually be used by God in in a person's life in a tangible way where movements and and being against a cause um it's it it's really a fruitless battle. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, you know, um one of the things that I'm I'm proud of at Crossroads and this has been a passion piece of mine for uh several years and 
uh, you know that having been on staff the last couple of years of just, um, we've had staff meetings where we've talked about this issue. We've gone to conferences yeah. together um, where this issue has been talked. I sent one of our other staff members to the Gay Christian Conference, which is a very side A conference, just yeah. to go, hey, um, go there and be a part of it and come back and, and help us understand, um, because we want to first understand. That's that's the posture that we want to take. And um, one of the things that I'm really proud of is, of this church is that um, we do have... When we say that we want to be a um, a church, you know, that anybody can come into, that we that we see that that we have uh, people who have same sex attraction who are walking into our church. We have married couples who are the same sex who attend this church, and they know where we stand. Yeah, like it's it's not yeah. a secret. Like I said, I, I've preached a message on where we stand as a church, and yet at the same time that we've been able to um, to preach where we stand and teach where we stand and be able to communicate deep empathy and sympathy um, for people yeah. uh, in that. And I think that one of the biggest pieces of that where kind of um, at least our ilk of Christianity went sideways is when we really tried to proclaim that um, same-sex attraction was just a choice. Mm. Like we've put that, mm-hmm. we've put that behind us. That we realize that same-sex attraction is real, mm-hmm. and um, in fact, in all of my studies of the scripture, um, when it when it comes to same-sex attraction, that I came to realize that the Bible never condemns that. Yeah, it never condemns having same-sex attraction. Um, it's not it's not a moral issue in the scripture. It never condemns that. What the Bible does condemn condemn is the practice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. the the living out of that attraction and the intent and and I think as a church we realize that there's real issues um, around this topic that affects real people yeah and to go how do we walk through that and uh, and to enter into the messy middle and I don't know that we always get it right but we're trying yeah and um, and we're trying to live out on one hand what the Bible says with integrity and at the same time. Uh, love people as image bearers yeah. of God, and we try to put those together, and we try to walk in that in a way that shows people that we are actually for them, that we want their best, and that best we think ends with them knowing and loving Jesus. Well, and and I I I I fear that what a lot of people have experienced in in uh, churches in Christendom is. I mean, it's kind of like middle school. Like middle school sucked for me, right? <laughs> I, I, for everybody. I think it's supposed to. Yeah. But like, except for my middle son, Cademan. All of a sudden, like, he loves school, it. Yeah, it's it's really <laughs> weird. But because I remember recess, and it was like, man, like if 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 you're playing kickball, and if your buddy who was wasn't invited last, like like there there's the inside and outside, and whether it's a clique or or this cool group or soccer or kickball, right? And like, yeah. But everybody wants to be in, and then they forget the people that were on the outside. Yeah. And it's and it's just a concern for me that that we we view Christianity that way. We're like one of my one of my uh, writing heroes is Brendan Manning, mm-hmm. and uh, he has a quote that uh, he says, a lo- "God God God loves you as you are, not as you should be, mm-hmm. because none of us are as we should be." Yeah, and it's just. But again, it levels that playing ground. It's like so. Um, like that, 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 that I am, I came to Jesus the same way somebody else limped to, toward him. There, there's absolutely no difference. And, 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 and us embracing that allows Crossroads and uh, churches like Crossroads to, to have our doors open and to love people where they are, whether their identity is, 
is in their sexuality or it's because I'm a powerful businessman or businesswoman or my kids are perfect, right? Like we all have identity issues that are pretty jacked up based on a myriad of different yes. different indicators. But but if we come back and say, you're at some point, you're going to have to exchange that identity for this one that Jesus provides for you. And it's yeah. way better. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I think that uh, there's a lot we could say <laughs> <laughs> on this issue and we could go on and on. I think like the takeaway for us is that we're committed here at this church yeah. uh, to meet people where they're at and to live in the mess. Yeah, and, absolutely. Um, you know, and to do our very best of how do we how do we help people step out of the messes of their life into the flourishing gospel yeah. uh, that Jesus brings. And so, uh, if you want more resources on this, like I said, we've preached messages on this. Uh, they'll be in the show notes. And uh, other than that, hope you're having a great week. We'll see you next time. See ya. 